Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. This is where John baptizes Jesus and Satan tempts Jesus and Jesus begins his Galilean ministry. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the word of our Lord for us today. So our lesson from Mark is the familiar story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Mark leaves out many of the details that uh, you find in in Luke and Matthew, Um, but that gives us a chance to dwell on really the key concept of the story, and the idea is that Jesus was tempted. To tempt means to try and convince someone to do something. Or I think in this case, with Jesus' temptation, God wanted to see if Jesus would do what was required of him. I believe that This is God's purpose in times of testing. At the same time, Satan has his own purpose to turn Jesus away from God. So we need to look at this story in the context of Jesus' life. As you know, I'm always talking about context, and here is no difference. Jesus had just been baptized by John. He had come out of the water, and immediately the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness or the desert. Can you sense this major change in the emotion of the story? Jesus was living in this ecstasy of his baptism, one of those mountaintop experiences that we kind of talked about last week in a different context, but it's a mountaintop experience. And then immediately he was in the wilderness experiencing the brokenness of this world. In Mark's gospel, we do not have the three acts of temptation that we find in the other gospels. All we know is that Jesus was tempted, period. That's it. And I think that is enough for us to know. The question that begs to be asked and answered is, why was Jesus tempted? Why, as the Son of God, did he have to go through this? As we start Lent here, soon Lent is the, the time when we follow this journey of Jesus to the cross. We follow him as he is tempted, as the devil tries to convince Jesus to steer away from his course of undeserved suffering and death. We see Jesus come through this period of temptation with his face renewed. And along the way, we see Jesus set his mark toward the cross. And we see those who would minister to him as he faces the cross of Calvary. Jesus' temptation marks a defeat of Satan. 
What has begun here in the desert or in the wilderness continues with Jesus' victory on Calvary and ends with the promised downfall of the enemy in Revelation. The power of sin is being broken. Jesus emerges victorious from the wilderness to go forth and proclaim the gospel. He leaves the wilderness to preach and teach and heal. Jesus is more powerful than Satan. Sin and death have no dominion over us now, today, because of Jesus. And that brings us to another question. Does God tempt us? Does God put temptations in our path to see if we follow him? The answer to that question, for me at least, is no. God does not tempt us individually, but he allows the sinfulness of this world to tempt us. God has given us two commandments to follow. We find that story in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And one of the scribes came up and asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Our commandments are, in a sense, easier than what Jesus was told to do by God. We are to love God and love our neighbor. That's it. But we find that very difficult in this world of brokenness. We are tempted not by God to break these commandments, but by the devil, the brokenness of the world. There's a, an old story about the devil, and it goes like this. The evil spirits once came upset and disappointed God and cried out, Almighty God, I want you to know that I am bored, bored to tears. I go around doing nothing all day long. There isn't a thing for me to do. I can't understand you, replied God. There's plenty of work to be done, only you've got to have more initiative. Why don't you try to lead people into sin? That's your job. Lead people into sin, muttered the evil spirit contemptuously. Why, Lord, even before I get a chance to say a word to anyone, he has already gone and sinned. Now you see, the temptations of this world are all around us. I don't think the devil tempts me. It's just the temptations of the evilness in this world. We are, as Martin Luther says, saint and sinner at the same. Saint because of the saving power of Christ and sinner because we don't always do what God requires. We don't love God with our whole heart or we don't love our neighbors as ourselves. I do not believe that God brings temptation into our lives, but rather the temptations are part of, the live, of living in this world that is not fully redeemed. So all around us are things that would lead us away from believing in a God with our whole heart and loving our neighbors as ourselves. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead me not into temptation. I don't think we need to, God to lead us into temptation. We can find it for ourselves. <clears throat> Sometimes we make other things godlike. We emphasize making money, having power, being famous. Now, those things in and of themselves are not wrong. But they are temptations when they lead us away from God. 
Here's another story that uh, tells this point well. Many years ago, a king had a beautiful daughter. She had many offers of marriage, but she couldn't make up her mind. A romantic girl, she wanted a man who would love her more than he loved anything else. Finally, she devised a way to test the love of her suitors. An announcement was made and sent throughout the kingdom that on a certain day there would be a race. The winner of this race would marry the princess. The race was open to every man in the kingdom, regardless of his position. And that well, all that was required was that the man had to profess to love the princess more than he loved anything else. So on the chosen day, men, rich and poor, gathered for the race. Each professed wholeheartedly that they love the princess. They gathered at the starting line, prepared to run the course of many miles that had been marked for the race. Each man was told that the princess waited at the finish line. Whoever reached her first could take her as his bride. Just before the race was to begin, an announcement was made. The king, they were reminded, was a wealthy man with treasures gathered from all over the world. Not wanting any man to run in vain, it was announced the king had liberally scattered some of the finest treasures along the course. Each runner was welcome to take as many as he liked. So the race begun. Almost immediately, the runners began to come across great gems and bags of gold. There were necklaces and pendants and jewel-encrusted cups and swords and knives. One by one, the runners, princes, and paupers alike turned aside to fill their pockets and carry off what treasures they could. Blinded by the immediate promise of wealth, they forgot the princess and all their professions of love. All except for one. See, he pressed on, ignoring what to him were trinkets when compared to incomparable beauty of the princess and the prospect of gaining her hand in marriage, finally crossing the finish line. See, that is the way temptation works. It places things in our path meant to blind our eyes to the kind of life God wants us to live. With God's grace, we can learn to avoid temptation. We can learn to walk away from those things that would be God's in our lives. With God's grace, we can keep our focus on Him and the love we have for Him. With God's grace, we can turn to loving our neighbor. We can learn to love others instead of loving ourselves. So that's it. God doesn't lead us into temptation. We find our own way there with the things of this world. So let's try this week to focus not on the things of this world that lead us away from God, but let us try to place our focus on God, loving God with all our heart, our soul, our body, our mind, and loving neighbors as ourselves. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we ask that you do not lead us into temptation, for we know you do not. We can too easily find that for ourselves. We ask that you do indeed deliver us from evil, and we thank you for your word. 
We thank you for sending your Son to pay the ultimate price and sacrifice his life for ours. Renew our hearts during this Lenten season. And as we come to your table this morning, help us to commune together, to love you, and to love others. Amen.